can we pray for you, Nathaniel? Yeah, great, thank you. If you would like to, if you'd like to reach a hand out towards Nathaniel or focus your prayers, however, it's best for you to do that. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the gift of Nathaniel to us here at Fountains. We thank you for all that he has prepared. And Lord, we just pray now that you would anoint him with your Holy Spirit, that as he speaks to us, we would hear directly from you. And Lord, would you help us to have open hearts and open minds to those things that you might say to us today as well, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Um, so I want you to, from the beginning, uh, adults, children, and young people, to close your eyes. So we're going to do some imaginative prayer. Close your eyes. And I want you to picture in your mind's eye Jesus. So it might be that you go to your favorite Bible story or a Bible story that comes up for you. Johnny just had his eyes open. He's obediently closed them. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> um, keep your eyes closed. Just uh, fire that imagination. Uh, just think of your uh, a Bible story or a favorite Bible story. You might not know any Bible stories, so just think of Jesus and um, begin to form his face in your mind's eye. And, and looking at his face in whatever situation he's in, what is he feeling? What are the emotions running through him? I suppose very simply, is he at this point happy? Or is he sad? Could be angry even. As you see him, is he by himself? Or is he with other people? Staying with that image of Jesus as we're thinking. For some, that may have been difficult to imagine something like that. It's quite abstract. But now think of how you feel when you think about Jesus. Or how you feel in that moment as you've been observing Jesus. In whatever you've been thinking about. What are the emotions that come up in you as you think about Jesus in this imaginative experiment. Okay, so if you feel comfortable, then turn to the person next to you or to a few people on your table and just share. It might be share the story that you thought of or share uh, some of the answers to some of the questions I asked. What was Jesus emotionally feeling? Was he happy? Was he sad? You know, just um, share with your table.
Thank you, Claire. So draw our chats to a close. Be interesting to hear what everyone shared, everyone thought about. I did a very quick chat with Abby and she said, uh, I saw him looking at me with compassion, him feeling the depths of the difficult things that sometimes I feel. Um, here's a thing. Jesus is the most human human ever. Jesus is the most human human ever. And I know we can think of him being God that somehow dilutes his humanness. But he is the most human human ever. Or to quote uh, someone at the beginning of the church's life, the glory of God is a human being fully alive. And Jesus is the most fully alive human being to ever have lived. He, he felt joy in the most full way anyone's ever felt joy. He's also felt, he also felt sadness in a way that no one ever has felt sadness as deep as that. He felt compassion and anger and love in the fullest sense of all those things could be. It's an incredible sense of self-awareness but also bandwidth for compassion for other people, to feel the feelings of other people. Something we might call empathy. It is like the best example of an empathetic person. Here's, uh, blessed. we're thinking today about blessed are those who mourn, and um, we're going to go to the Bible passage in a moment. But just before we do, here is two pictures of Jesus. So there's a laughing Jesus with a pottery pot, not a glass of wine, but a pot of wine, as they would have enjoyed. Uh, enjoying life, life in its fullness, abundance. And yet he is here, the man of sorrows. Isaiah 53 says, he was acquainted with grief, familiar with the hardest things that this life has to offer us. That Jesus holds both of these things together. Jesus' enemies, his opponents, they called him a, a party animal. They accused him of being a party animal. Um, a wine bibber, as uh, the authorized version says. Does anyone enjoy bibbing wine? <laughs> um, uh, he seems so often to be the life of the party, the energy in the room. One of my favorite verses, which I think this is what I imagine he looked like. Jesus sends out the 72 uh, disciples on a mission and they come back and they say, Jesus, uh, the, the deaf ears were opened and the blind saw. Even the demons uh, listened to us in your name. And it says that Jesus is filled with joy in the Holy Spirit and he laughs and he praises his father. Thank you, Father, that you haven't revealed this to the learned and the wise of this world, but to the little ones, to the unlearned, to the, to the weak, to, the, uh, to those who receive him as a child. And yet, so often, Jesus is moved with compassion for those around him. He's moved deeply by the state of the world, the effects of sin in people's lives. As he comes into Jerusalem, uh, there's that uh, story where he weeps, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, 
you who kill the prophets, how I've longed to gather you like chicks under my wings, describing himself as a mother hen, but you wouldn't let me. He says he weeps over the city of Jerusalem, weeping over his people. Um, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let's stand together and we'll read this passage of scripture. Let's stand. So from the top. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those... Ooh, sorry, my bad. It's me. <laughs> Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We've practiced it once, so we'll do it again. <laughs> this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now you may be seated again. Um, uh, this is the gospel of the Lord. So in, within these sayings, these Beatitudes... Uh, it contains the gospel. Let's say this together. Makarios! Makarios! Okay, so that's the word that we translate here as blessed. But it could mean a few things. It could mean happy. Um, but I think, as I said a few weeks ago, probably the best... Uh, blessed is a good one just to get the meaning of the word across. But perhaps if you would most closely translate it to how it would have been used at the time, it would be... Congratulations! It's like cheers. They would have said Makarios as uh, wine was clinked over tables. Has anyone been to Cyprus? Hands of you been to Cyprus? So the Greeks, yeah. Oh wow, Sophie's quite excited about Cyprus. Yeah. Um, so uh, the Greeks would call Cyprus Makarios because it was the the blessed place, a place where all things seemed well. I thought it was okay. Um, <laughs> it, it, it should have a sign, Cyprus, ready in 2032. <laughs> it just feel like a bit of a building site to me. Maybe I went to the wrong places. But um, Makarios, uh, congratulations if this is where you find yourself. It's a really upside-down thing. Blessed are those who mourn. Uh, really upside down way of looking at the world and we're going to think a little bit about that over the next few minutes what does it mean to mourn um, so this saying is linked to the first one we looked at a few weeks ago blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven so if we were to give it a modern translation it might be congratulations if you found that you can't make it on your own for you belong to the company of the kingdom. Congratulations if you found that you can't make it 
on your own. That there's something in you that's broken, that you've admitted that actually you're hurting. Uh, and you've taken those things to Jesus. That you've realized you're afflicted by the disease that every human being is afflicted by. Some um, a, a Christian writer described it as the human propensity to mess things up. The human propensity to mess things up. Or what the Bible uh, often calls sin. And um, blessed are those who mourn is partly to come to God in the state you find yourself in. Broken and in need. And so often the comfort that God gives is the comfort of forgiveness, of washing away our sin, healing us of brokenness, the mess that we pick up in the world. I um, always try and get my hair cut at the same barber's on Frising Horse Strip, and I've become friends <laughs> with the barber. We like kind of go in and we greet each other like friends. It's nice. Um, and... Uh, I was talking, sharing with him about, well, I was sharing with him about, he asked me, what do you do in church? I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> we sing a lot. You sing. Um, I said, yeah, we sing a lot. Um, and then I talked to him about communion, and I realized how difficult it is to describe communion to someone who had known nothing about it. I was like, well, yeah, we, we get the, the wine, haram, because so, a bad start. And we, uh, we, we say it's his blood, um, which is a difficult thing, isn't it? And then the bread is his body. Um, and uh, we started moving on to talk about the cross and how that was absolutely central to the idea of God forgiving sin. Uh, and I described a little bit more about why that was, but the cross being central to how God forgives sin. And for those who mourn over their own sin, over my sin, your sin, it is to know forgiveness, that he is the friend of sinners. Or as it says in John's Gospel, that the one who comes to him, he will never drive away. So I love that promise. However you're feeling, and however you feel that you might not be able to share something with someone, or if you're stuck in any kind of cycle of shame, that Jesus has said, anyone who comes to me, I'll never drive away. But this isn't just about an individual thing little me or little you, it's linked to a, a saying that's going to come in a few weeks' time. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What does it mean to mourn over Bradford or over where you find yourself? Um, I was in Dublin this week and I went swimming and on my way back, uh, this lad came to me and he said, um, someone just punched me. Can I walk with you? And I thought, no, because someone might punch me then. <laughs> and um, we were walking together to the train station, quite fast, quite anxiously walking. <laughs> um, and he, uh, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, Bradford. It's in West Yorkshire in England. And he says, well, what, what's it like? And I thought, what's it like? Um, and I, you know, I could say lots of really lovely things about beautiful Bradford. But also, I mean, I shared that it's a, sometimes a difficult place to live, um, which I think he probably knew a little bit about a difficult place to live. He'd just been punched in the face. Um, and uh, there's lots of dysfunction in Bradford. And I think it's important to share good news stories, but sometimes it feels 
that we share good news stories to paper over some of the very difficult things. We move too quickly to, it's all going to be all right. And we don't stay in lament. Some of us are at the bleeding edge, cutting edge of some of the most awful things within Bradford. So dealing with a dysfunction in people's lives, in children's lives. Grieving over poverty, over a lack of hope and vision, belief that things could be different. Grieving over the addicted and those who prey on those suffering with addiction. Taking advantage of young women and young men. Mourning over the young man or young woman who is growing up in this city, really struggling with their identity, thinking, who am I? Having no one to talk to, feeling so isolated. I want to move on to thinking about how can we mourn? How can we grieve? I think we can find it hard to mourn sometimes. Because I think sometimes, some of us more than others, find it hard to feel anything, feel a bit numb, because we've learned that to feel things can be dangerous. And this isn't often a conscious decision, it's become like a survival mechanism. This is how I keep myself safe. We've become much more aware in recent times of trauma, I think that's really good for us as a society and also as a church. And trauma can be caused by anything. Often we think of very big things, but it can, it can also be little things that for whatever reason, we couldn't cope with at the time. And so they just had to be shut down, the body and the brain shut down to, to cope. And it can be things that happened in our childhood, way, way back, or things that may have happened recently and for whatever reason we didn't have the resources to integrate it into our story and part of following Jesus is to allow ourselves to be opened up to the whole spectrum of human emotion which includes mourning and grieving offer over some of the difficult things that have happened in our lives and that also allowing ourselves to be moved by the pain of others. I think, isn't that so interesting in Jesus' life? How he, he is so easily moved by pain. I mean, I want, I want my hard heart to be softened, to be moved by the pain of, of others, to, to feel things. And we'll all be on different points on this journey. But I believe that learning to live in the kingdom and experiencing life in all of its fullness, at least in this world as we know it, isn't to be in this kind of heavenly bliss, you know, to be like clicking our fingers, happy, 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 as we walk down the Christian road, or to be whistling hallelujah as the cars are crashing around us and there's litter on the streets, but rather uh, to, be, uh, to have the volume turned up on the joy of life, but also the pain of life. To find ourselves living 
our, our, the saying of Jesus is to allow our hearts to be melted for others, to grow empathy, the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness and kindness. I really think Jesus wants to heal trauma in us um, and to help us integrate those painful parts of our story. But I think, I think this happens slowly and through other people. And uh, if, if you're thinking, oh, there, there's that, I think all of us have something, have something that really hurts. And many of us have lots of things. And it's, it's important that we receive prayer ministry. It's been a really important thing for me over difficult things. I think that's important, but I think these things are lived out with other Christian sisters and brothers over a long time. Um, so we will be praying for each other later, but it's, I think, be prayed for, but also know this is a journey, a healing journey with Jesus. And finally, thinking of the Holy Spirit as the comforter. Um, Terry shared with us last week, he said, um, Jesus said, it's better if I go, because then I will send the comforter, the Holy Spirit. There's a comfort to be found in following Jesus. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It might be feeling his closeness in a difficult time. As in, he's not, it's not as if the, the difficulty is just with a magic wand changed. But you know his presence. You know he's with you. It could be sisters and brothers coming alongside you. I, I felt really ministered to through the kind words that Christian sisters and brothers have shared with me. But that to me has been a comfort in mourning. Going to, um, there's some plasters on your tables. <laughs> if you pass around your plasters and pens, we're going to do a prayer uh, activity in closing. Um, plasters are used to cover over wounds. Ivy wants a plaster for pretty much anything. <laughs> and um, we're going to pray a few things in this. We might be writing something, we might be praying for someone or for ourselves, a situation, or could be a situation in the world. Oh, pancake. Brilliant. Thank you very much. I'll eat that later. Salty pancake. Um, and so you might be writing on it something, uh, a situation or something to do with yourself or for someone else. And we'll spend some time waiting on the Lord. And we're praying mainly for two things. Praying that the Lord would expand our hearts. Would, that he, we would allow him to turn the volume up on how we experience life. Life in its fullness. But what that means, life in its fullness, this is what the prosperity gospel preachers won't tell you. Life in its fullness also means feeling the pain of others, is, is being empathetic to the needs of the world. And the second thing is to invite the Lord to be a comforter now, in this moment, to, be, to minister to us in a way that I don't know how to minister to you, but he does. Uh, so once you've written your thing,
you stick it on the board. And if you want to receive prayer ministry, if there's been anything in today, it might be you're, you're in mourning, or it might be that there's, there's a situation you're going through or a friend is going through that's difficult and you want to receive prayer. There'll be those to pray with you just at the side. Um, let's spend a moment in, and invite the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to be with us. Holy Spirit of God, we welcome you to be with us. Lord, I pray that you would soften and expand our hearts. Lord, I also pray that you would be the comforter. Holy Spirit, please come and minister to us today. In Jesus' name. Amen.